Welcome to the 17th episode of the Heroes and Mutants podcast. I'm one of Yep. James Rivera. These are my other co-hosts. I'm Ruben. I'm Nick. I'm Josh. All right. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, First things first. Legendary Batman writer Denny (laughs) O'Neill has passed away at age 81. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Born May 3rd, 1939. Died June 11th, 2020. So the man did live a long and accomplished life. That's good. And for why is it such a big deal? Well, as far uh, Denny O'Neill in the seventies basically helped to reinvent Batman. At, at, at that point, I think the the prime interpretation of Batman was the Adam West show. Yeah, which is kind of very goofy, campy, very campy, which is a fun show. I actually like it, but it's not what I think of as Batman. Dennis O'Neill, under the guidance of Julius Schwartz, Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams actually brought Batman back to being a serious superhero. So he brought him back to his roots in the 70s. And his biggest contribution is as the co-creator of Ra's al Ghul and Talia al Ghul and the League of Assassins. So he actually contributed a huge amount to Batman lore. That's dope. Yeah, that's a pretty big loss. If I, I The way I see it, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, he brought a different um, point of view. To, mm-hmm. Like you say, he brought out Roger Ghul. Um, the daughter, his, Talia, daughter, right? Talia yeah, his daughter, and then um, the League of Assassins. And that has, even in today's Arrowverse, like they have a big role in what's yeah. going on today. Yeah, you know? so he already so, he paved the way for them. So no matter what in the future of DC, you know, those characters will still live on even though he's gone, you know? Most definitely. But uh, he, also, he also shaped um, Green Lantern and Green Arrow, right? I believe yeah. he had some sort of view he, in that, creating them. Yeah, in the 1970s, DC Comics was kind of starting to lose a lot of its steam and like it wasn't selling as good. So he was a part of a team that was brought on that was there to revitalize DC Comics and make it fresh again. Definitely. And if not for him, we might have still had a campy Batman. Mm-hmm. If you think about it. So he really, yeah, he really helped to, to change. <laughs> Imagine seeing that in the dark. Oh, nah, no, 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 I couldn't. They were laughing today's I, cinematic. I think it's, inter- <laughs> it's actually interesting to note. I think he was probably the most instrumental piece that got Frank Miller to come over to do to work for DC in the late 80s because not a lot of people were, were aware of this, but he actually joined Marvel's editorial staff in 1980. Mm-hmm. And yep. he he actually, so he edited Daredevil during Frank Miller's run, like, you know, The Man Without Fear. And then also too, like, he was the one to reinvent Daredevil. Uh, Frank Miller was the one to reinvent Daredevil to like his dark, um, he like to those dark, um, nice. that dark character that we know, that yeah. more vigilante anti-hero. Um, and the, the crazy thing was he actually fired a, a writer named Roger McKenzie so that Miller could both write and pencil Daredevil, and that that is actually what um, the Marvel Marvel editor in chief Jim Shooter says saved the series from cancellation. So I think he um, like he kind of they both had this like idea of like doing these like characters and like bring oh for Batman bringing him back to you know those darker roots and then you know having you know Talia Ghul and Rachel Ghul and League of Assassins be like an instrumental part in his in the lore in the mythology, um, and then you know doing that to where he was able to bring him. Um, you know, to like Miller probably had that same vision. He was like, you know what? Like, I, I, I this probably I could probably do some more work with um with Batman. So let me see like what I can do and create. And like those are probably two key decisions that really saved Batman and really brought him back to the forefront as like you know reinventing. Well, not reinventing him, but like reimagining him as that dark, yeah. uh, you know, that dark yeah. hero that he was before. And he also was one of the few comic book writers that actually got to write uh, some episodes for Batman the animated series. He took his um, Ra's al Ghul origin story, Daughter of the Demon, and <laughs> that, was devel- good, that was a good. Yeah. that was a good episode yeah. too. And yeah. they yeah. developed it into the Demon's Quest. So Denny O'Neill was actually the writer on the first half, and that the animated series did a good job of emulating that comic book storyline. They even took whole panels, like the image of Batman shirtless. Uh, kissing Talia al Ghul in the, as, uh, during the sunset is a very iconic image that they were able to reproduce on the series. So yeah, big loss. Big loss. Big loss. Rest in peace, Denny. Thank you. Rest in peace to Denny O'Neill. <clears throat> Speaking of Batman, you heard about Robert Pattinson. What did he say? Uh, he was making comments about if you're working out, you're part of the problem uh, in reference to him playing Batman. Is there I any don't, deeper... Well, apparently because he, <laughs> like they had, they had asked him, the reporter had asked him like if he was keeping up with his training or if he was what he was doing 
um, while quarantine because obviously they're not filming right now. Yeah, so yeah. he had said, oh, I'm not doing anything. Like, yeah, they hired, they like had, I had all these workouts and they hired me like a professional trainer, but I haven't been doing anything. And then I don't understand exactly what it is. It could be lost in translation about, he was like, you know, oh, if you're working out, then you're part of the problem. Is he trying to say like, you know, you, if you're going out, you know, out in public, like running, jogging, like you're part of the problem because you're going to be spreading your, you know, that, that risk of spreading the virus I, or. I don't think I that's don't, what he means. I don't know. He did. That? He just said it and it didn't really make sense because I'm like, okay, you're an actor. You have a lot of money. You, if, if you're saying like you're he part could, of the problem as far as like spreading, you so know, he risk basically for, left that up for interpretation. Yeah, that's the that's problem in my he's opinion. talking about though. He's speaking about. It could be that corona. or it could be people that work out too much that always uh, want to see someone that's always fit someone that's always their I'm, toner or muscular so well, no. maybe that, that's yeah, what he's talking it just, about it's just the way he said it because like the question was related to like the oh what have you been doing during this quarantine oh I haven't been doing anything if you're working out you're part of the problem like what well, that, what, that what size like, what I, do you mean you're part I of tend the, to agree with, with Josh more that yeah. it's probably a, a like meat hedge yeah like I, I guess that's what he's <laughs> saying but, but I you signed on to be Batman too. yeah I understand that Michael Keaton was the one person who could pull off a Batman that wasn't in shape because he seemed crazy enough in his performance that he would actually put on a Batman suit to go out and intimidate criminals. That's like an interpretation that's not that's not a normal interpretation, but for that version, I think it works. I don't think yeah. that you could replicate <clears throat> that again. I, I don't know like if you could the way do that he again. Went about it though, the yeah. way he tried to say like, "Oh, I, I I'm I I I'm not saying I agree with what you said, but I, I feel like it does have something to yeah. do with, like you're saying, meatheads or whatever. But that has, I really feel that it has nothing to do with what he, he what, I don't understand what his real problem is. Because, like, look at Grant Gustin as a Flash right now. Like, he's not a big meathead and he's playing the role legit, you know? So to go out of his way to bring something up like that, I'm talking about Robert now. Like, what, in reality, what are you really talking about, bro? Like, yeah, you knew what you the job was. Him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He knew what the job was. I'm, like, I, I I think I brought it up to Nick the other day through message. I like, I'm not saying he has to be big like the way Ben Affleck came out. You know, there should be some shit. sort of tone. But he does have to have some he has to play tone. Some, like he said, From, to play even in role. the comics, we've never seen a skinny ass like, you know, um, Batman mean, and all that. And even that's why I'm saying I go back to Grant Gustin. I, I, I no, no, go that on. thought. That's no. why I go to, back to Grant <laughs> Gustin because... um. Like I said, he's slim, but in the comic books, they never made the Flash look like. And some of them they Ultra did. Ultra ripped. Yeah. But like, not like you know, he was like at least athlete. You know, more on the leaner side, being a run, being a runner, so, exactly, being a runner. But you know? like, I, that's why I like Grant Gustin, and he's never complained about that fact, or they never complained about him trying to play a role. Well, Flash has always been big. that skinnier one, so it's like, and that's then overall, CW shows so don't show don't like, any muscular. So you're talking about the cinematic universe where they, there's already some sort of expectation for a superhero to be. <laughs> so that's why we we already we're talking about the whole Ronald Pattinson. He doesn't think there is a limit or there is an expectation when there actually is. It shouldn't I think be the, super big, but at least shows some sort of tonus or something that. Tells the people that you're working out for the role that you're really working for. If you're just saying you're fucking lazy, then you're fucking lazy and you're not going to do shit for the movie. So you lose some sort of… I kind of right. I kind of feel that way. I mean, I don't think it's important for him to get super jacked the way that looked no. Ben Affleck was. Yeah. Right. Or even the way that Christian Bale looked yeah, exactly. Batman Begins. Because it is an early Batman, so I can understand if he's not fully. But there has to be some sort of tone and some sort of… You have to get the sense that he dedicated himself to uh, perfecting himself physically right. and yeah. mentally, even yeah. if he's not super huge. And I'm sure at some point Warner Brothers is going to force him to get his shit together. Exactly. I'm if he wants pretty to sure on. he's going to be he's going to be forced because yeah. he's an excellent actor. I have no doubt that he could pull off the character unless he was expecting the for the studio to build him a suit where he already fits like that bigger part, even though he's like tiny Michael Keaton just add a fucking padding, exactly. like uh, a fucking sock I mean, to it. It's, it's just going to take me. It's going to take me completely out of the movie if like you know he takes off his shirt or you know getting into the bat suit. And he has a body of like Finn Jones, Iron Fist, <laughs> Iron Fist from the from the Marvel Netflix might series. As well like, oh my Robin. god, you might as well you might as well just just lay down, lay it like sit down and like just hope that they don't like that you don't get hurt that bad. And it's it's a little like I can understand what he says because it's almost like I or I can understand like relay the frustrations that he's talking about. Like, um, it seems like you know every but everybody that gets signed on to be a superhero, everybody that gets signed on to be like comic book character. Like they, you know, you have to be super, you know, ripped or super swole or you have to be muscular. But depending on like if that aspect is integral to the character, it's like Batman 
you know, he trained, you know, he's the best that humanity has to offer. And he's like the absolute best that, you know, physically, mentally that a human being can be to like, he's Mm -hmm. at that pinnacle of human perfection. So it's like, you can't say, oh, you're part of the problem or, or whatever it is like he meant and, and say, and say, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm dedicated to this role. I'm really on it. And not not bring like that that physical aspect to it because there's definitely a physical aspect to these and that's like the cool thing like i'm really i'm really um i'm really liking like and i'm really like liking the way it's going with like all these actors who get signed on to play these characters are like you know yeah we're we're, we're training like five days a week or we're doing this minus finn jones you know finn jones is another thing but um i just think that you know that's part that's integral to the who the character is and like um and his like metamorphosis and his like transition from you know that um, that kid that watched his parents die into becoming that man that is the protector of Gotham and like really trying to rid out that crime element from Gotham. So it's like, I don't, I don't, it, it just kind of frustrates me that he kind of doesn't see it that way or, you know, whatever it was that he had, that he had meant when he said it. They'll put him in line. <laughs> They'll whip him in a shape. Yeah, without Watch a doubt. Yeah. I can see that happening. Two slaps. So transitioning to over to some Marvel news, some comic book news. All right. It looks like Green Goblin is returning in Amazing Spider-Man issue 850. Nice. This will be his first appearance since issue 800. Yeah. And the last time was for Dan Slott's, uh, his last storyline, Go Down Swinging. And in that one, Osborne, uh, Norman Osborne bonded with the Carnage symbiote and became the Red Goblin. Speaking about that, actually, that's the last um, comic book I collected. Um, what was it? Amazing Spider-Man 800 or Spider-Man 800? Yeah, yeah. So the last Spidey comic book I actually collected last year. and Well, for Spider-Man-wise, you know what I'm saying? And it's, oh, I thought it was a pretty cool comic. So him coming back to the new... What, 850, you just said, right? Yeah, issue so it's been 850. 50, 50, 50 issues. He hasn't so been. So I'm like, man. So And they were introducing, um, like you said, Hobgoblin a lot and... In those comic book series since 800. And I guess I'll, I'm looking forward to see what, what they're going to try to do with the different storyline. Well, Goblin has always been a great nemesis to yeah, Spider-Man. Always. So it's always, always good. So, it's always fun to see him in the comics. and It see. is. But that's why I'm, I'm looking forward to see what they're going to bring to the storyline. Because we've, like you say, he's always been a part. He's always been a major villain. Yeah. But what, how, what are they going to write? differently this time exactly something i don't want to see <laughs> the same thing the same over and over story exactly yeah. yeah who who's on who's on doing the run now what's what's the writers the writer so i know dan slot had like didn't write the best fighting material or like fans aren't really digging his work too much <laughs> spider-man spider-man it does Bacon. not say Oh, wait, do you think run. Hobgoblin will be coming but as out far as it? Or do you, would you want to see Hobgoblin to come out in the comics? If they were to add someone, maybe just those two against Spider-Man. Yeah, mm. I could see it. Getting, I mean, the, the thing with this is that a character that's as big a part of Spider-Man's history as a Green Goblin, even if they kill him off in a comic book, you know at some point... He's going to come back. They're going somewhere. to have to find a way to bring him back. And yeah. I think the idea is just try to make it as believable as possible. Right. Cause that, that was one of the like, like the bold things that like um, they did um, that you know Warner Brothers DC did in um, Arkham City when they when the Joker dies at the very end. But mm-hmm. then it's like the next you know in um, Arkham Knight he comes back as like a hallucination like for half of the game he's like a hallucination in Batman's mind, um, you know being exposed to uh, Scarecrow's fear toxin. So it's like it was it was it was cool because you know obviously getting to hear Mark Hamill like. As the Joker, you 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 can't you, there's like no you no can't top no, that you can't top that and it's like I would I would Never. always be willing to like throw my money on you know oh Matt, Mark Hamill and whatever yeah go ahead mm-hmm. as the Joker go ahead but at the same time it's like it kind of took away from like that very dramatic like moment because that was like one of those the boldest things that they could have done killed you know the Joker in in um you know in a, in a video game or in like in that kind of setting like in a comic okay that you know there might not be as many people who would read up on it or you know comics of, but something a little bit more mainstream that. That's mm-hmm. something that's just crazy. And it, at, at the moment, I was just like, my jaw dropped. And then when he came back in Arkham Knight, I'm just like, mm-hmm. so what, what What? the heck was the whole point of killing him off if you're just going to bring him back and say, oh, he's a hallucination, so it's okay. Like, I, I hate storylines like that. <laughs> like, I, I, like a really a hallucination? It's like, damn. Like, But I feel like these kinds of storylines are inevitable in comics. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. especially these characters especially who, who are so deep. Asylum, like, there's some sort of crazy. Well, especially there, like, so. you know, the Green mm-hmm. Goblin and Joker who are so connected to like, you know, the, they're to these to these main characters, Spider-Man and Batman. Like you kind of, it's kind of hard to like write 
any additional material that's, that's not true. gonna include them in some you know form. I might mess around and just, you know, roll me one note really quick, spread <laughs> my imagination and you know, throw, throw something at them, you know, pitch an idea, something different. Like, I don't care if like I don't gotta have no rights to it. I don't give a damn I'm saying it right now. But if I know it's kind of like I'm gonna remember everything I write, I'm gonna copy it and everything, and I'm gonna I'm gonna offer it in, you know, and if it's it, gonna show it in the next episode. Check it out, I'm like, oh, they came up with my story. I don't know, I just pitch a different idea, you know what I'm saying? Something different. Like I said, it's it's inevitable. Like you said, these storylines are always gonna happen or repeat yeah. themselves somehow. With Just a in a different tweak. way. Yeah, with the little tweak. No, but I want to throw something out there where it's going to, even if it's not a whole new character, at least some, something completely different where you wouldn't. And then when it gets it. too complicated, you just reboot the entire universe. <laughs> there it is, <laughs> bro. DC does that. DC does that every what five, five, four, five years now. So it, I kind oh, of understand man. from a writing perspective why it's sometimes difficult. it might be necessary because oh, yeah. it's hard to keep track of what everybody else wrote. Yeah, it makes it easier for writers to have the freedom to develop the kind of Batman stories or the Spider-Man or whatever. You know, kind of like stories one, one shots. One yeah. shots. One yeah. shots are always great. I mean, <laughs> the only problem with one shots is that a lot of the times with one shots, the killing joke being the prime example. Yeah, exa- and that's what I was going to mention. <laughs> if they're too popular, they end up being absorbed into the into the lore anyway and they become yeah, yeah. canon. Because they've rebooted uh, Batman a few times since the a killing lot. jokes. A since, oh, yeah, a lot since the killing joke. <laughs> but I feel like they always still try to keep that story canon right. somehow. Yeah. Oh, they they definitely mention it in the lore. And plus, too, it's like Barbara. Barbara ret- after um, I think in the new fifty two, she even returned back to back. Like they found a way to cure her uh her handicap or her paralysis, and yeah. she came back as Batgirl. They did. <laughs> So Although she was like traumatized, suffering from PTSD, but yeah, like that's the thing in comic. Like you know, Jason, all alone. I mean, that's I think J- Jason Todd is a perfect example. Like Jason stayed dead for like sixteen years and then was reimagined as the Red Hood. Like, <laughs> but that was a great way to bring him back. Oh yeah, that was, yeah, dude. definitely. I agree with definitely. you. Definitely. So, so, do you guys hear about this? Uh, about Zack Snyder? He's going to be hosting Justice Con next month. Damn. So it's more of a panel because it's a virtual convention. It's not really a. A con yeah. in that sense. Well, I'm the president of Release the Snyder Cut, so of course I heard about it. <laughs> okay, Snyder's, Snyder's the god. So the you, goat, the YouTuber. <laughs> okay, the YouTubers, the Nerd Queens, and Comic Book Debate are hosting Justice Con, a virtual convention in the vein of Comic Con. Snyder's going to be a guest, as well as Ray Porter, the actor behind Dark Side, and Jay Olivia, one of the storyboard artists. Nice. So you're going to be there. Uh, everybody going to be like first in line waiting. Oh, I already got the S on my chest for, for Snyder. Oh, you did? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not for <laughs> Superman. It's for Snyder. It's d- 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 double entry. or Double, <laughs> double meaning. Double. So he is a Superman. Oh, yeah. It's going to be Superman. A, I mean, the S on his chest. I mean, he kind of is. I mean, he got, you know, his, his own his own like lovable base to a fan base to um, release his his the Snyder cut. So I think that's. It's impressive. That's very it's impressive. impressive. Yeah. Especially the track the track record he has. Let's So yeah, what qualifications think, do we need to join your club? We need to get the S too. Damn. I'm S on your chest. I got the Batman sign on my chest. But, that, I mean it's just So what is it saying that they're gonna they're is it just gonna be going over it, well they it's gonna be releasing um, like DC related like the the, the university she helped build, right? This like, is all gonna be revolved around the Snyder universe of DC. So if you have questions Batman about Superman. Batman versus Superman, Man of Steel, Justice League, Wonder Justice Woman. League, uh, well, Wonder Woman is Patty Jenkins. Well, I mean, he's yeah. still like, yeah, he had well, a hand in, in selecting Gal Gadot. Yeah, that was his choice. Yeah, and I think Patty Jenkins even said that wouldn't have been her choice, but she yeah. was glad that she ended up with her. Anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, proving wrong afterwards, of course, but yeah. Okay. Um, well, yeah, this is interesting. So, because I know he had like a lot of ideas and a lot of um. A lot, like he just was thinking a lot in his head about like the future, and so I think there's going to be a lot of material, but it's just going to be like one of those things, like you know, um, General, uh, is it Commander Lennox or General Lennox? Uh, Harry Harry Lennox's character, whoever the the guy he played was, uh, the general, he was actually supposed to um, was supposed to become um, uh, Martian Manhunter. Mm-hmm. So uh, is he going to be in this? Um, I don't, I don't Martian? know. We're going to have to ask him. Yeah. Well, I think that's exactly why he's doing things like this. He's smart because we know he's going to bring out his new. His, he's his building a pipe. Movie. I'll give him that. Yeah, he yeah. definitely is. I mean, it's 
I mean, let's be honest. Zack Snyder's a pretty vi- divisive uh, figure in the comic book community. And well, why? Watch, why Watchmen like- was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Stop it. <laughs> but there, like no, you said, you're, you're there right. is a dedicated fan base. So it's a very niche convention. But I'm sure the turnout will be pretty decent. He has a dedicated little army. Snyder so Snyder's on your ass either. You're just like, all right, I'm on my bed watching this shit. Well… I'll probably be the first in line. Well, you will be. Yeah, oh, you yeah. definitely will. Guest passes. Yes, guest passes. VIP. VIP. VIP, <laughs> VIP to the Snyder, the Snyder panel. Well, Did you hear yeah. that also Comic-Con is being uh, going to be completely virtual this time and it's going to be free. Yeah. I think everybody saw that I coming. I feel like it, we spoke on this not too long ago or last week. But um, yeah, dude. Uh, I didn't know it was going to be smart. free though. Well, I well, it should I would be free. Yeah, Why I would have seen it to be free. They canceled it for everybody. Because either way, like something. when it's the panels throughout freaking Comic-Con, like as soon as those trailers come out, they come out on YouTube already. So there should be no reason for them to be charging. I mean, and panels too. How the hell are they going to do that? And also, getting, like all actors. people can't be getting autographs the way that you could at a convention. Or buying freaking accessories. Buying I mean, that. I'm sure it'll be… Let's get like a stamp or something just like… <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a you success. Get a paper that says you want a As a collector, fuck. <laughs> no, I mean, it'll probably be a success mainly because it's free and because Comic-Con is such a big deal. But I feel like this kind of takes or sucks a lot of the point of conventions. The point of a convention is to get together and feel a sense of kinship. That's mm-hmm. what I think you get people get out of it. It's like and- a sense of yeah, a common definitely. love. Everybody is there because they love the same thing. Especially like when you think back in the day of like before all this stuff started getting really popular and like really was like really was on the top of the chain as far as pop culture goes. Like you think you back 30, 30, you know, 20, 30 years ago, like there were only like nerds going to this thing, like people who really loved this environment and this atmosphere, these movies, these shows. So it's like when you think back on that and that experience, like you can't, there's nothing that you can do to replicate it. Um, you know, like, you know, going to my con the first time, like there's just no, like those who, you know, was, this was going to be their first time experiencing a con to know that, you know, you're only going to be like, you're only going to be able to witness it and experience it online. It's not going to be the same thing. And I understand. Yeah. Well, I mean, I understand why, you know, cause you, you got to have something with it, but at the same time, it's like, it's not going to be the same thing. Like I probably won't. I mean, just like the, Freaking shows and like music that's coming it's, out right now. All those videos. It's like it's not worth. It, you're just watching a video. It's not like your experience. I feel like this is yeah, going to change why. things a lot more than people realize. Because as it was before the pandemic came on, Comic Con is slowly becoming a little bit more commercialized. Not yeah. slowly, Very, rapidly. No, yeah, rapidly. I take yeah. that back. Like last because 15, 10 years easily. And because the whole point of a Comic Con, the original point was to be a place where comic fans could go together and collect. Because now it's so dominated by movies and TV shows, some comic book vendors can't even afford Getting a table in. at Comic-Con anymore. Right. And that's kind of sad. You would right. think that they would try to make, you know, some sort of accommodations for… It's a comic convention. First right. and foremost, I feel like uh, the films, the movies, everything else should be secondary because it's an extension. It's comic. It's comic. Like yeah. You should uh, be grandfathered not, into it if yeah. you've already been there for such a long time. Yeah. And it's, like, it's, there's dedication. You, you touched on a good point and it's going to be somewhat the same thing I want to mention, but I have seen like the same kind of um, feelings and sentiments that the cosplay community have, has felt. Because before this, before it got really commercialized and really big, like… That was like going to cons as your favorite character and then like meeting up with your friends and the same people. Because obviously like 15, 20 years ago, it wasn't that big of a thing. Um, And that was like your way to like, you know, you're a bunch of nerds who went to these cons and you felt safe and you felt like right at home. Now that, you know, people are getting, you know, you you think of a lot of influencers are cosplay type people who are only into cosplay because like they were able to turn a profit and able to make money from it. It's kind of like that same thing. They're not actually into. Yeah, they're more, they're more, they're more into the money and not as far as like the the posers. Yeah, so it's like the same thing. And like, I think it was like 10, 15 years, like I've only heard of Comic-Con and, you know, it's it's like that same thing about it. And then you notice like, um, I don't have a problem with it being there actually, something like Game of Thrones because it's, but it feels like it's extending to everything, nerd else. culture in general, not yeah. necessarily comic book nerd culture. Of course, that's still a staple, mm-hmm. but it feels like it's changed a lot. And with the virtual convention, it's going to alter what we, it's going to alter things a lot. 
more than people realize. I think true. It's gonna definitely be, just because aside from all the people that go there, there's still so many fans yeah, outside and around the world. Different. I don't know. But it's, it's all, all they can have right now. So it's like, I understand that they still want to accommodate people who still want that experience, but it's not, you can't, if, if you're not going to, if you're not going to have it like there, then you're not, it's not going to be the same experience. It's not going to be the same thing. But you know, what well, are they going to talk about if everything that has happened is like on pause and yeah. shit? Like we're not going to get no fucking new trailers unless they're going to drop the Venom. You know what like, would be cool if like the moment they canceled it, you know, and the people that did buy um their tickets and all that, mm. but that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. They gave them a chance, like, hey, if you had comic books that you, all right, for the artists or comic book writers and all that, or even actors themselves that were going to mm-hmm. be there, for the people that bought tickets, I think it would be pretty cool if they gave them some some, some sort of opportunity where, mm-hmm. like, hey, you know what, you guys bought your tickets, sorry that we canceled on you guys, we're going virtual, but if you do have comics or memorabilia or anything that you did want to have signed, mail it in to who to a certain spot. Damn. It's going to be a lot of like mm. stuff coming But then in. again, because it's going to be virtual, no one is okay. going to be in one no, spot okay. themselves. The Everybody's going to be in separate locations. No, so. but I see, actually think… That's when you tune in. We're like, hey, you know what? There's mm. a time where you're going to… I'm going to sign you for this. I don't know. I kind of idea. like the idea. But the only problem with it is I think sending your comic books in by mail, a lot of people are going to be afraid to give up some valuable merchandise mm-hmm. and let it go through the mail or the post yeah, office. But it's the same way it, it goes when you're trying to get your comic book graded right now. And yeah. Either way. So in a way, you got to think about it that aspect too. Because when you send a comic book to get graded, it, you're mm-hmm. mailing it mm-hmm. too. Yeah, you know what I'm very saying? True. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, and you're already <clears throat> risking that. I actually have a, a. I just thought of this amazing solution right now while you guys were all talking, and I was thinking <laughs> deep in metaphysical thoughts. I'm done, Jimmy. Okay. Should, think, no brain think, blast. Think. They Comic Con this year should be dri- a drive by con. Like you know, you just drive by on the street. Oh, and, you know, Henry yeah. Henry Cavill sitting outside, and you like he's just high waving. Five. <laughs> Yeah, would, that's that's like almost the same experience. Speaking that. of, no, I would hate <laughs> that. Just, I mean, they do it for birthdays and parties and stuff. Why can't they do? Every time you're just imagine like, the traffic. Drive by Comic Con. Oh, nah. Speaking of which, um, <laughs> have you heard about uh, what Marvel's going to be doing in July? They are going They're to doing be doing something re- for my birthday. They're doing something for me. Yeah, for you, Nick. It's oh, all for you. Thank you, Marvel. It's all for you, Nick. Just for you, G. <laughs> so they're going to be releasing Spider Man, X Men, and Venom comics. For free into Hooray. comic book shops. What? So this sounds cool. I wonder if this is a sort of attempt to try to get more people interested in comics or try to get uh, a general audience into the actual comic books because when people hear free shit, they're going to show up. Yeah. And Hoard. if they get dedicated Hoarders. and if they get I into think- it, you might. And the people, it could lead to more people collecting. Tra- yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I feel like it does have something to do with trying to attract the the new the upcomers, new, new fans, and all that. But I think it's also um something to do with the rebound. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I'm saying? With the comeback. hiatus that they have hit, I know comic book shops are open now again, but they did take a pretty hard hit. You know yeah, what I'm saying? So this will be something to be like, because right now, you know, a lot of people are you know. Getting back into work slowly and slowly, little by little, and you know the money isn't there right now, so they yeah. they still don't have yeah, the money definitely. to spend on comic books the way they would when they had that you know salary coming in, check coming in. So I feel like this has something to do with it. They're just promoting it, something for the rebound. Like, hey, you know what? Let's let's intrigue them. You know what? Let's time. Let's help them out a little bit. Throw a couple things out there for free. And they're gonna be like, all right, they're 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 taking it serious, or yeah. it'll be like like you know, a real fans sometimes will be like, hey, I wanna. But then also, there's the expectation of it. Is it, the comic gonna be good or is really? it, since it's hey, but it's free? free. Yeah, no, really it's quick, free. Nick. When's your birthday? July twenty second. Okay, so not quite your birthday. So the X Men title is releases on July fifteenth, and mm-hmm. the Spider Man releases on July twenty second. So you're gonna have to look up which of your uh, which comic book shops are participating in this because I'm sure not all of them will be. Nope. Um, Frankenstein's probably gonna be fucking. Oh yeah, you know they're gonna be for yeah. for new releases like that. I wouldn't go to Frankenstein. I'll just go to that's the just comic book crazy. shop. For that shit to be a comic so, book thing and to finally open and be as for new that releases, is this, it's fucking crazy. I wouldn't go to Frankenstein. Oh no, no. Oh, but, uh, but it says comic shop. Uh, the X Men ish um, that the Spider Man Venom is scheduled for July 22nd. So thank you, Marvel. Think thinking of me. Always thinking of you. <laughs> Always thinking of you. So <laughs> but, that's um, the Spider-Man Venom. Spider-Man that's, Venom, yeah. Yeah. And it apparently it's going Venom. to be leading <clears throat> into storylines about Venom, <laughs> Spider-Man, and Black Cat. 
But this is because they had postponed. It was supposed to be free comic book day. It was supposed to be on May 2nd. So obviously it was postponed. And this is the reason why they're they're pushing it back to July. That's what I liked about um, Collector's Paradise in Pasadena, bro. Free comic book. Um, Pasadena, but- California. I'm sorry for you, those of you not on, not on the West Coast. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's a little bit of a L- LA. Pasadena, LA. California. LA. You know? LA people. Just LA. LA people. But, oh, man. It just comes naturally. You think you know that's all that saying? exists. Yeah, it just came naturally. The rest of the world doesn't exist. It's all but, LA. Um, yeah, dude. Like I know California for Collector's and... Paradise in Pasadena, California. Freaking um, free comic book. It's so you know how there's free comic book day? They have that all month, bro. Mm-hmm. Every weekend. That's so that's pretty dope. You just get like a stamp card. You freaking go the first day, get your free comic books. And then majority of the time is going to be the same comics. Mm-hmm. But they do at, throw on random some ones. new ones. So just Shoot, I'm going to be like Shorty in Scary Movie 2. Snatch and run, y'all. <laughs> Speaking of Spider-Man, there's a lot of Spider-Man news. Going really on right now, Spider-Man's the Spider-Man's right. what? Right what now. could that be? Well, one of them. Who could that? <laughs> one of the most interesting ones is the Spider-Man um, Miles Morales oh, the video oh, game. The that trailer looks so cool. Yeah. What did you guys think of that trailer? That shit looks intense, bro. I just, I've been talking, saying, I've been saying, like, all right, I'm gonna wait to buy the PS5. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gotta buy it right away. I'm not gonna be the first wave of people that buy it. There's always a glitch or something yeah. to be worked on. But bro, once I saw that, like <laughs> that was gonna be released. Once I yeah. saw that it was gonna be released, like because I saw the freaking um, you know, the 2K one too, and that was pretty cool. But once I saw this one, the graphics and everything, the miles. Oh, the graphics, graphics, graphics are incredible. Graphics look, some, look amazing. Did bro, you, and just about the was, powers that he has. My jaw dropped. Show. I was just like, all right, I, I, I think I might hop on this way with the PS5, <laughs> dude. I'm, I, I was like, damn. Watching glitch, but so like, did right. you have a nerd gasm when you saw the trailer yeah, then? Just gasm. about. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> I don't blame you. I think I all Spider-Man you. fans had that shit, especially. Fast. So, do you think? Um. Well, obviously, this isn't Peter Parker. This is um, Miles Morales, and they just <gasps> had a really successful Spider-Man video game recently. Do you think that Spider-Man is the new Batman when it comes to video games? Because I feel like Batman had the run as the best video mm-hmm. game char- character with all the Arkham games. Well, I think Spider-Man has a Dida. consistent game line, don't they? I think Spider-Man has a good amount of. Yeah, that's why you say they do. do you think- but I feel like. The, the Arkham games were kind of overshadowing other yeah. superheroes. Well, especially games because, yeah, because Spider Man, as far as Spider Man, like standalone games, uh, the best one was probably what Spider Man 2, but that was like Spider-Man 2004, 2. so that was yeah. a little outdated. And that then, you know, bad. when the Arkham games came out, it offered something that was completely different and something that was very unique to Batman, but it also um, was just like a new experience and like a new kind of criteria. And be- before that, it was like they were only making video games for these characters, like licensed yeah. games, like. You know, like Spider, like uh, all Spider-Man one games, uh, Spider-Man two, um, and that. So it was different. Like I didn't go into it knowing how it was gonna work. I'm like, at first I thought it was gonna be um, like an adaptation from The Dark Knight, and I was like, wait a minute, a brand new, brand new video game. Like I'm like, no, this isn't gonna mm-hmm. work. And then little did I know, Paul Dini wrote the script. So, um, and especially because like Rock Rocksteady wasn't, um, well, I'd only done like one game at the time, so you didn't really know what was gonna go on, but. Those games became a cultural phenomenon. Oh, yeah, they did. I feel like they introduced a lot of people to Batman. I mean, Batman's already hugely popular, but gamers who might not necessarily be comic book nerds or Mm. comic book geeks became intensely familiarized with Batman mythology through those games. That was was a good thing about it. They did a Mm. lot of like Easter eggs and a lot of like hidden secrets to, you know, the mythology at whole and a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of inspiration, a lot of references to like, you know, Pat, uh, um, past um, comic books, um, you know, Nightfall um, and stuff like that. A killing Joke. Incorporating different elements. And I think the big, what made those successful is Paul Dini. To have yep. the best writer off of Batman, the animated series, to completely come up with these scripts. For the game. And man, if can you imagine if they wrote the movies the way that they wrote the Batman Arkham games? The untapped, heavy hitting. The shit. untapped yeah, potential that Warner Brothers is not Straight nerdgasm. Getting in. Oh, Straight nerdgasm. Man. I think that should be their next mission to try to adapt the Arkham video games into mm. a series. That would be great. Hopefully, be they will be the best video game movies ever because well, video game movies aren't really. Spider Man, though. No, I do agree with you. Mm-hmm. Those freaking Batman oh, games yeah. were, oh my God, you know what I'm saying? But going back to Spider Man just in general, because it all, be, it all started with PlayStation 3, right? The first uh, Spider Man game that came out, if I'm not mistaken. 
Oh, might have been PS2. PlayStation 2. PS2. And now we're going into PS5. And I feel like every time they did bring out a PlayStation, they always brought out a new Spider-Man. A new Spider-Man. And I don't know. I think this well, might it's be Sony. Yeah. <laughs> it actually, you actually you just tapped into something I didn't realize. It's probably intentional because Spider-Man is Sony. Yeah. That, that is very there you true. Go. So they promote so, both of them yeah. at the same time. They I, promote a new game and they're promoting the system. Right. And like the thing that is going to be different <clears throat> about this is like when it… There was a lot of questions that people had. Is this going to be a direct sequel or continuation of the um, Spider-Man game that came out in 2018? But it's apparently going to be a standalone game. And like um, um, uh, the developer Insomniac Games is uh, being very hush hush about it, just saying we're, we're going to reveal more at a future date. But this game is coming out in six months, so how much more can they really release? Probably like two, that? three months. I probably think, another trailer. Yeah, about that. Yeah, I think they're going to have Miles and um, a regular Spider-Man, some sort of Peter Parker in the mix. You think there'll be a Spider-Man well, version? Well, he he, in he, there? Had, he had given him a speech at the beginning of the trailer, like you know, th- th- this is your he time just, now. He just won't be the lead Spider-Man. Yeah. Exactly. I think it'll like be movie. some this sort like, of. Uh, he's he's going to get Uncle Ben. He's going to get Uncle Ben. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the good thing about the, the video Uncle games ben. is that it's, I feel like it's more of a financial risk to try to get deep into the comic books and film. Yeah, We're trying to make that. it like Miles Morales and everything, but a video game affords you the opportunities to take real deep detours into the mythology. Well, especially just because he's a different Spider-Man. He has different powers. He comes from a different background. He's different personality, different personality, different character. Like it's a cool way to like do something that's faithful to like, you know, Spider-Man. Yeah. To do it faithful and say, Oh yeah, this is Spider-Man, but this is just a different Spider-Man. So it respects it. It respects the past while carving, embracing the future, like, you know, trying to do something different. So I think this is a cool, especially because I think of the success with, um, into the Spider-Verse, I think that was really what kickstarted all of this and say, hey, you know, people really like Miles, Miles Morales. So yeah. why don't we give him his own video game? And just like, it looks, it just looks really good. Like, I'm just so hyped and so excited. They, for could, be, they could be an adaption. I mean, if they do very good with the next upcoming one and there's certain spider characters there, especially like the women too, they could get video games, especially. Like, I really spe- like the gamble they're taking. Yeah, they are. And it's speaking great. of which, do you hear about uh, Sony? Speaking of Sony and Spider-Man, there are already underway on Into the Spider Verse Two, the sequel, the production. Hell yeah, yep. it's already started. Nice, nice. nice. about that. Um, Nick Kondo, one of the animators, uh, released a kind of a teaser on Twitter. On Twitter, yep. Yep. And it was originally going to be released April twenty twenty second. Now it's going to be released October twenty twenty um October seventh twenty twenty two. Um, we don't know too many details about it so far. But a lot of the same cast members are going to be returning. Are you guys looking forward to this? Oh, definitely. Yes, oh, definitely. yeah. Without a doubt, bro. Without a doubt. I think this is the best Spider-Man related thing that Sony's did on its own. Besides Spider-Man 3. I'm going to kill you right now. <laughs> I'm going to jump over this table and strangle you. But <laughs> since Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 3. It's 2. Spider-Man 1. Just the audience. He's not being serious. I just want I you to know that. No, he's not. Don't believe him. That face is not sincere. <laughs> yeah, ugly people can't be sincere. I'm sorry. What? Well, Why are you going the there? Face on his face. What are we doing? The face on his. We're chest. going off topic now. Sorry. Okay, so it's going to be released October seventh, twenty twenty two. What do you think this one is going to consist of? More Spider Verse. I mean, the ending of the first one was Gwen, like him laying down in the bed, and Gwen coming now and telling him to you. So the it might be him doing, going yeah. to another to her dimension and probably helping her fight a villain, or probably be jumping back and forth through the Spider Verses. Well, Especially now, in. since they ha- well, I mean, her popping now means they probably are we going to get more Madam Web? We that would be cool. I definitely would like to see Madam Web. I would love I would like to see Ben Riley and um, well, they had Miguel O'Hara at the very end. So it would be cool to see them too also. Y'all ready for some more Nicolas Cage or what? <laughs> oh, I <laughs> no, actually thought Nicolas Cage. You can never not have enough Nicolas Cage. That caught me off guard that when I heard hilarious. he was coming out and to fire, you know, He was Spider-Man. great he as was that a noir Spider-Man. Yeah, I thought he was going to be like Ghost Rider Spider-Man or something. Oh no, he was a noir Spider-Man. So Nicolas Cage is already his been trying to make his rounds into superhero things. Think about yeah. it. He's Ghost, Ghost Rider. Rider. He attempted Superman, and he no, got that wasn't to, his fault. Yeah, and <laughs> and he's in Into the Spider Verse. So he's been trying for a very long time. This one's the one that got him. Though this shit was funny. Well, I mean, he is, he took his last name Cage because of Luke Cage, mm-hmm. obviously. <laughs> so 
in conjunction with that, they're also <laughs> going to be releasing a spinoff, a female-led spinoff of Into the Spider-Verse that is going to revolve around Gwen Stacy, or more accurately, Spider-Gwen. See, speaking on the fact, on that topic that um, Josh just pointed out, the ending of, you know, Into the Spider-Verse, where, you know, Gwen pops out and tells Miles... I don't know. Who knows? That might, like you said, it that might be a spin-off. Yeah, the like, spin-off instead they, of they the try to throw, movie. yeah, they're trying to throw us off with like, you know, that's going to be the spin-off and not the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse. You know yeah. what I'm yeah. saying? I, I don't know. I, I feel like that might have something to do with Because in the movie, when when Peter dies in her, mm-hmm. like, he's a lizard, right? I believe so. That's how he, when, when she's in her world. You know how they're all talking how their Spider-Man yeah. dies? I think he was a lizard. So that would be a pretty cool thing to see if they bring it. Looks like uh, Haley Steinf- uh, Steinfeld, who did the voice of Spider-Gwen on Into the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. is going to be returning as yeah, well. I think most of them are coming back, probably. Yeah, and That's the way it should be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You never want to get a new character. It always takes a, I mean, a new voice. It always takes Especially, away, especially when it's, it's animated. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, I would hate the fact to hear a different voice on a character. I'm like, mm. I really think that Sony finally found out what they can do good with regards to Spider-Man when they don't have Disney holding their hand. And it's animation. Animation. Yeah. Animation. <laughs> if only they could stick to this. I imagine there's going to be a lot of these because the first one was such a success and so well received by most audiences. Got great reviews. And it even won an Oscar. Yep. People forget that there's a Spider-Man movie that won an Oscar. That was an animated and one. And it wasn't my favorite Spider-Man, unfortunately. And it actually beat out Pixar movies for best animated feature at the Oscars. Pretty so impressive. For the time that it came out and everything compared to like Pixar and Disney, yeah. Yeah. Definitely the best film that came out animated. It was totally different. It was mm-hmm. something very... Something and bro, insane. it felt like... I yeah. was literally I felt like watch, a comic. Yeah, I was watching a comic. You know what I'm saying? Come like not life. reading a comic. Was I was cool. watching a comic, and I thought that was pretty awesome. That was freaking awesome. So I'm gonna throw you guys a preference question. All right, hit it with it. All right, who would win in a fight, the Wasp or Poison Ivy? Ooh, you gotta go Poison Ivy. Poison well, Ivy. Poison has Ivy. an advantage, you know, because she, she has the, the armor. Yeah, well, not and she could go that, tiny. She could tiny miniature size style. and get big. Um, mm-hmm. but I would definitely give it to Poison Ivy. I think I would have to give it to Poison Ivy. Poison she Ivy. has more natural surroundings than um. She can basically manipulate nature, and oh, if you have nature, <laughs> she's Earth. If you have nature on your side, that's hard to beat. I also think, I mean, even if you ignore who would win in a fight. I think Poison Ivy is a more interesting character than uh, the Wasp. Way better. I'm more interested in the background of Pamela Isley. I really liked her in the Gotham, the Gotham, um, the yeah. Gotham um, TV series. She was her good. her she origin it. story was pretty cool. You know, a little saying? bit weird, but it was weird. How she just grew cool. like instantly yeah. in like yeah, a day because of she, fucking. She went into some like acid or or something like I mean, that. Right? It kind of works for a character like Poison Ivy, don't you think? Yeah. yeah. I think it works just because she blossomed into something. She grows things from her. So, man. so is Poison Ivy going to be a villain in the next Batman movie? I know that they have I would, a bunch. I would of like to see her see come her. back. You know, have Uma Thurman reprise her role in that in that amazingly underrated <sighs> Batman and Robin. Best movie ever. Best movie oh, ever. Oh my god! You're testing me today. Yeah, come Nick. on, Uma Thurman. Okay, Uma Thurman is not the problem you, with that movie. Uma Thurman. No, Uma Thurman. Well, at least, amazing. At least Joel. Bill. At least Joel Schumacher apologized for it. I give him that. Thank you, Joel Schumacher. We forgive you. <laughs> I don't want to pick on Joel Schumacher. I feel like it's too easy. It's oh done. yeah, for sure. Wow, that's funny. So between all right, here's another one. Who would win, Bane or Sabretooth? Bane. I'd go Bane. I'd go Bane. I know Sabretooth uh, more. Has I feel a like a bit of healing factor, but I still his, think yeah, I his healing him. factor would be hard to get past. But Bane is just too smart and too savage. Well, I won't say savage because they're both probably. Well, Sabretooth is probably more savage, but I mean, Bane is just incredibly intelligent. Too many times, like yeah. people don't understand, like how how. I wait. I thought that Bane was an invalid. I thought he was like on Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. I know when I when I <laughs> just grunting and making noises. When I wait, when I read Night, like when I read Nightfall when I met Red Nightfall the first time, I was like, wait a minute, why is this guy like super intelligent, like super smart and super like like um like methodical i was like this doesn't and i was like why the heck did they go with that like this version is entirely more interesting than the version that 
they portrayed in Batman, Batman and Robin. Or no, I think it was um Arkham not Arkham Arkham Asylum yeah, was the first time you've seen Bane in that way. And I was like, what the hell? Like this isn't anything like I remember this version of Bane. <laughs> okay, so Bane would win hands down. I feel like he would snap Sabretooth yeah. in two. I can break the back. Damn. All he's got to do is break the back. If he can break Batman, he can break Sabretooth. But he does have the healing factor, so it's the only thing that I think would. That's the only thing that Sabretooth has. But then again, Sabretooth has more agility because he's an animal. He has basically he's like an animal, so he's gonna be quicker. He'll be quicker, but if Bane catches him, just like Bane is a creature of the shadows, though. All right. Do you really think that Sabretooth is going to heal if Bane grabs his head? And then smacks it. And pushes it in. Probably not. Punches it like that would be that. dope. Oh, what, it smashes what, what it down the, to a pimple. What the bang <laughs> his, the, the brains would fucking pop out the way that like you would pop a zit. And all that nasty <laughs> I juice don't even, comes out. Did, have they ever revealed the exact like limit of his strength or just like how strong For he is? Bane? Mm, no. Or, or Sabretooth? No, uh, Bane. I think Sabretooth nah, is easier to judge. Like, But Bane has been like... I think it depends on who's writing him. Of course. Because I think be, it, it depends on the character. It's kind of... Comparable to Superman, there are some interpretations where some of the writers try to depower Superman mm-hmm. a little bit to make him a little bit more realistic or right. to make him more believable. Or like Wolverine's healing factor is like always mm-hmm. was like always um, portrayed as like every uh, open interpretation or everyone every artist portrayed it differently. Writer. Okay, so let's get more specific. Who would win in a fight? Uh, the Bane from Batman and Robin. Or the Sabretooth from uh, X-Men Origins. Sabretooth from Yeah, X-Men probably Sabretooth. Okay. That, that, Bane, that Bane was an idiot. <laughs> that Bane was... Oh, you have so to so just so take out one of those little things and he's already like... Well, I, I do like Leah, Leah Schreiber, so I'm, I'm going to go with that. Okay. All right. So the Bane from The Dark Knight Rises versus uh, the original Sabretooth in X-Men, not Leah Schreiber. They had another Damn. actor who played him. You know what I'm talking Taylor about? Taylor Maine. Taylor Maine. All right. Who would win in that one? I'd go Bane. Tom Hardy's Bane? Yeah. Yeah. Just because his, his intellectual um, version in that movie. Okay. Sabretooth doesn't really portray it as like that bright or like that sharp at all. He just goes in. He just goes he wants for it. Magneto, Magneto just says, do Don't do this, do that, and that's, that's He'll go it. Do it. <laughs> so he's basically what Bane is in Batman and Robin, like pretty Poison much. Ivy's bitch. Basically, just to basically be ordered around her henchmen. Pretty much. Yeah. Essentially. Calls him a sidekick. Yeah, he is kind of a sidekick in that movie. Nah, I would call him like. He, the, I mean, he's, 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 like a, he's like an animal, so he's like a little, like, he's like a rabid dog. He's a rabid dog. Okay, so which character do you like more, Venom or Groot? Hmm, it's a tough one. So I like Vin Diesel. I like Venom. Vin Diesel has like the best phrase ever. Just like, I'm Groot. I'm Groot. And, and, and then baby, well, if, 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 and then especially if he wants to get to baby Groot, it's just, it's even when, over. Even yeah. when he curses, it's just like, Groot. Like, whoa, when the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy movie. Like, you guys Groot. disappoint me. No, I would You're going to go Venom? Well, I never chose. Yeah. I just. No, I would choose Venom. Okay, cool. The adaptation of Venom in the movie was fucking amazing. Tom Hardy. Well, see, that's what you, just overall like, comics, movies, everything, and just in general. Or, yeah. Or general. Is that movie. what you're asking, James? Yeah. Which one do you prefer? What's a better character? What has more potential, Groot Venom. or Venom? Oh, Venom. Venom. Definitely Venom. I would say. Venom, Venom, you know, too. has his own. Like, there's not so much that Groot can do without the Guardians or any of them, really. So. It's just a tree by himself. And I actually really like Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock right now, too. I really like Why are you hating show. on my man Topher? I'm not hating on I just said I really like Topher man. Grace. I, did I say I hate it? I just said Topher Grace is goat. hard to top, you know. I yeah. mean, Topher Very Grace hard. just came in. He owned that role. You just, I mean, you just I would need say, to do like one push-up and you'll probably top him. Yeah, so it's I would not say that. before Heath Ledger killed the Joker role, <laughs> Topher Grace was the standard. Damn, you not fucking. I'm just. He was. He was coming fresh off of that semi show. He was the biggest. I was like, and then that laugh. I was like, no fucking way. I'm sorry. I I couldn't do that with the straight face. Sorry, Sam. I'm sorry, Sam. We love you, but okay. So who would win in a fight then between them? Oh God, Uh, Eddie Brock, bro, freaking Tom Hardy, sure. Wait, a fight between the two Venoms? No, Groot or (laughs) oh, Groot or Venom? Venom. I gotta go, Groot. Groot? I think Groot because he has that. Well, his healing factor is way slower though. I feel like Groot would beat the Topher Grace Venom, but not necessarily the Tom Hardy one. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. The the Tom Hardy Venom would definitely kick Groot's, this Groot's, 
groups at? What depends. What What are we getting? Baby Groot? Are we getting regular Groot? Or are we getting King Groot? But even King yeah. Groot, bro. Because like, King, King Groot's fucking Venom, huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Venom, will, I think he'll still bite a couple chunks off. Oh, speaking of King Groot, I heard he might be coming out in Guardians 3. They might be giving a storyline. He's not even that big yet. See, but, they, the, the only way that would happen is that timeline jumps. Like, bro, he was still a teenager in freaking the end game. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no way they're going to jump that forward for King Groot. So there was a rumor, and it turned out to be false, that Beyonce was going to be playing Storm, which is not true. She's not only she's only going to be on the soundtrack from what I've heard. However, she's worked out a $100 million deal with Marvel. She needs any more money. That's fucking insane. Bro, well, what kind of deal That just means Jay-Z's buying Disney in like the Damn. next fucking couple of years. Watch. This was going to own that shit. Nah, I feel... I, I f- wouldn't mind if Jay-Z owned Disney though. Oh, no. Fuck I feel no. like he would I, run it better. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I don't think it's about owning. I think he's just saying... No, well, saying, we know she's going to be on the you Black Panther 2 soundtrack. So, I mean, that makes sense that she's kind of perfect for it. She's going to be a big part of it. Uh, she worked with... Uh, obviously, she was in The Lion King as well. Do you think that they might give her a part in the future? Not saying that they I, are, but that is a pretty lucrative deal for just a soundtrack. Right. Um, I feel like they I, it's probably in the works where they like they want her to be somebody, but I don't know I don't feel like I don't know if they're actually going to take a chance on her with that. I feel I don't know, it's hard to say like it the, you're like what you said too, like it just plus it it went on to say like it this could inc- include this can transition from something that's aside from, you know, doing songs and doing music on these soundtracks. Doing a voiceover. Doing a voiceover or like acting in a role. So I don't think it would be Storm, but I could see her like popping up in the MCU at some point. What if she's herself? She could be. Nah. nah, No, Beyonce is, Beyonce is a big enough star that she would be famous in the the Marvel universe. We do do know that Hugh Hefner exists in the MCU. So it's, it's not within the realm of possibility. Macy Gray played herself in (laughs) Spider-Man. And Macy Gray ain't nearly as big of a star as Beyonce's ever been. Well, The Weeknd made his own freaking uh, Marvel freaking comic book. Star Boy. And he ain't even portrayed his own little thing like that. I feel for her to get a hunt for but her to Beyonce's do a bigger star than the yeah. other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without yeah, Beyonce a doubt. has a big platform. She could do that. Definitely. The fuck she I don't think that's the way you just said it, I don't think that's gonna happen. I do okay. feel, I do believe for it to be a hundred million dollar contract, yeah. that's definitely not just a I don't, freaking I don't, sound I, soundtrack I, contract. You know I actually don't mind. I've seen her in a couple of things, like uh, Austin Powers. She's actually pretty funny Bummer, as Foxy yeah. Cleopatra. And she was actually pretty good in Dreamgirls. I could see her popping up as what? I don't know. That's really, really yeah, hard I, to say. I feel the say. same. I don't know if I would want her to be Storm. I could see her popping up somewhere, being yeah. into a character. I don't know about Storm. No, that's Halle Berry, bro. <laughs> Gotta bring, <laughs> bring back her Halle. Back. Oh, yeah. Her and Chadwick? Perfect couple right there. Her and Chadwick Boseman. I think that would be perfect. Uh-huh. Royalty. Power couple. Royalty. I mean, they were Roy- the power couple in, Royalty. The, in, in the comics. Royalty. Yeah. Yeah. A queen marries a king. Uh. All right. Well, I don't know. I don't know if Jay-Z would appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well. Damn. I, could, I mean, she'll be good. I would I would want to see her in a role. Probably. Uh, I could see her in a cameo. Maybe if they're, if it's 100,000, a cameo in Black Panther 2. Like you said, maybe she's being herself singing along or she just like walks by in or, the she, or she's probably like a queen of another tribe and she just comes out says like a couple words and oh look just walks by in the background just like waves mm-hmm. who dares enter my kingdom I think she could fit in I think she we'll could see. fit in I think though I think so well folks that's all we have for you today yeah, on the heroes joining us. yes uh, please subscribe to higher passion entertainment we are not the only podcast out there uh, we also got a nice hip-hop podcast, The Audio Extract. So if you're into hip-hop music, you're into R&B, check that out. If sports is your thing, you got to check out the sports dogs. They'll keep giving you your fix while it seems like every sport is being canceled right now. And yeah. while you guys are missing us, waiting for the next episode to drop. Yep, <laughs> while you're missing us. And if you want to catch uh, Josh and I, we are also on another podcast, The Cut the Film Podcast. That is concentrated in bringing you everything you need to know about movies and television. Yes. Don't want to miss it. Subscribe. Genius is at work. All right. All right. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank you. Thank you.